Happy Thursday, everyone. Today, Patrick and I are going over the things we believe in, the things we don't believe in, the things we're confused by heading into the NBA playoffs. Let's get into foul trouble. This is not what my like confused by take is, but I am confused by how LeBron James <laughs> refuses to age. Yeah, no. <laughs> LeBron James last night outscored the Clippers by himself in the fourth quarter, 19 to 16. The Lakers had a huge comeback and they won the Battle of LA three to one this year. Just insane. Just insane. They are so in their heads. Like Patrick, the Lakers. Is it a weird is this a cold take, a hot take? The two best players in Los Angeles both play on the Lakers. Uh, I mean, at, at least when they're playing each other, I'll, I'll take it as a, as a hot take against other teams. I think the answer might be a little different. There might be a Kawhi Leonard in that conversation. But yeah, Jesus, they just, I don't know what it is. LeBron just can still turn it on. Yeah, that, it just feels like when thing. LeBron wants to, he's the best player between these two teams and Man, I don't know. The way Anthony Davis has been playing all year, it's kind of hard to argue that, too. I mean, he he can just, like, control a game still, which is just something that probably, what, 10, 15 players in the league can Can do do. at all. And LeBron can do it at At will 40. (laughs) At will. At will. It's absolutely crazy. (laughs) Yeah, and we were talking about it before the show. Like, my heart just, like, breaks when I see... Just the crowd going nuts at a Clippers home game and when the Lakers are winning. Like, just that last three from LeBron was... I just I just don't think that's ever going to change for the Clippers, even no. in their new stadium, because their new stadium is where the Lakers' old stadium was. It's like in the heart of Lakerland. Kareem Drive is right there. <laughs> yeah. It's literally right there. Yeah, uh, no, look- it's not going to change. And it's probably going to be cheaper and, like... There isn't that like socioeconomic divide between like Lakers fans and, and Clippers, Clippers fans. fans as like I feel like some people might assume there is um and it's just not true. Like everyone that is from LA and that aren't from LA are Lakers fans and pretty much no one is a Clippers fan. Yeah. Well, Min Staples yeah. Uh, Steve Ballmer. There you go. Clipper Daryl. Clipper Daryl. We're starting a fan base. Yeah, there's a couple people there. Clipper Clipper Daryl is going to lose a little bit of his uh, shine in the, the Clipper wall because everyone has to wear Clipper gear there. Yeah. So he, he won't be as special as he once was. All right. Should we get to the uh, the things that we believe in, we don't believe in, and we are confused by? Why don't why don't we get into that, James? James, uh, you want to start it off. Which one is your like favorite stat of of the group? I I, the start team there. that I'm confused by. Okay, let's do it. And the team that I'm confused by is my Miami Heat, who are fifth in the East. They're 33 and 25. They're eight and two in their last ten. Before their last ten, they're kind of riding like a seven game losing streak. So right there, Jekyll and Hyde. Um, I kind of want to go through the history of this Heat team because I feel like the narrative coming out of last year was like this team always plays better than they are. The reality team, the reality is this team always plays as they are, and last season is the actual exception. The first year Jimmy's there, they're good all regular season. When they upset the Bucks, I think like half the ESPN panel actually picked them to win. 
Like it was like I think it was like from a bird's eye view that beating the Bucks in the bubble was like a huge upset. But then if you actually followed the team year around, a lot of people were like, "No, this team's gonna beat Milwaukee." Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't that shocking. You go to the next season. They're bad in the regular season. They're bad in the playoffs. Next year, they're the number one seed. They're really good in the playoffs. Then last year happens. It's the only year where the regular season and the playoffs don't match up. So this year, they're weird in the regular season. Jimmy's missed 19 games. Bam's missed 10 games. A lot of those haven't overlapped. So it's a lot of like Jimmy without Bam, Bam without Jimmy. They're 8th in defense, 20th in offense. Last year, they're 25th in offense, 7th in defense. So arguably, they're better this year from a profile you know, standpoint. I think if you go up and down the roster, I, I think you can argue it's actually better now because Gabe Vincent wasn't that good in the regular season last year. Like, Rozier, better than Lowry. Um, like, Josh Richardson, arguably more defensive upside and rim pressure than Struess. I think, like, you go up and down the roster, it's kind of kind of better this year. Um, yeah, I think in spots, it, it's better. And in, like, specific... I don't know, roles, they're better. Like, obviously, Rozier is so much of a better offensive player Player. than Kyle Lowry is. He can't do exactly what Kyle Lowry can do on the defensive end. But, I mean, there's trade-offs there. It's not like you're taking an L on both sides. But But this is where the heat confused me because I'm looking at it. Looks like, you know, right now they're five. They'd be playing the Knicks. The Knicks are injured. The Knicks are kind of a recovering from injury team. Feels like if the Knicks don't get really healthy, that's an easy round one win for this Heat team, especially if they get home court and play them in the 4-5. Um, it's <laughs> it's like now we've got – so this is a weird thing with this team. This team is last in their shot profile. So basically what that means is based off the, the shots this team takes, you would expect them to be the worst offense. They don't take a ton of shots at the rim. They're not taking enough threes. They're taking a lot of mid-range shots. But they're 19th in effective field goal percentage. So there's this huge gap between their shot quality and their shot making. They're fifth in free throw rate, so they're getting the fifth most free throws. And they're fourth in free throw rate allowed, so they're barely allowing any free throws. So it's like they're still doing all the little heat things that kind of like make Help the heat you win. win. Games. It's yeah. another season where they're net rating, so the amount they're outscoring the other team by 100 possessions is like not correlated with their winning amount at all. They're winning more games than they're supposed to. Are we headed for another bleh regular season and like surprise postseason run? Or are we headed for another you were okay in the regular season and you were okay in the postseason run? Yeah, I mean, it would <laughs> – so you would pick them in a series against the Knicks? This this injured version. Okay. This okay. injured riddled version of the Knicks. Oh, How many players have to get back before you pick the Knicks in that series? Well, it's not just getting back. It's like if Randall's going to – like I think the Knicks could be worse off if Randall comes back and he's not 100%. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the I other factor that. when players come back is like if you force them in there too early, is that actually going to hurt you more than it's going to help you? Yeah. I mean going back to the Heat, I, I just feel like you've been talking about it for weeks. It comes down to like is Jimmy Butler going to turn back into the super high usage, super high efficiency – guy that's taken a lot of shots through throughout the playoffs because if he isn't that guy I just don't think even though they they play the way they play the their ability not to foul their ability to put up relatively good shots it 
makes the like room for error pretty large for the Heat, but this is a different team. This has a lot of different like just from a physical standpoint, their defensive personnel, I think, has taken a, a, a large step down this season. So it's not the kind of thing where you can just like feel amazing about falling back onto just the defensive backbone. They have that defensive backbone. Bam is always there. Jimmy is always there. This is a one-year-older Jimmy. Sometimes that makes a huge difference. Well, we've seen it because we've talked about it in other pods, but like some of Jimmy's numbers, like the self-creation's down a little bit. Like a lot of the numbers that suggest like, you know, athletic prime have really dipped with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it reminds me of kind of like uh, the the year after the Kobe Lakers won their last championship. They were still a pretty good team, and Kobe obviously was still an elite player, but he had taken that little bit step down from like world beater, number one on a championship team, uh, which like, I don't think Jimmy was quite there, but I think they were kind of playing in the same like pool. And um, I don't know. Yeah, it's a super confusing. Yeah, like if you told me, like, again, if you told me this team lost in the first round of the Knicks and the Knicks, you know, got healthy or healthy ish, and like it's a really physical series and the Knicks grinded it out, I don't think I'd be shocked. If you told me this team won the Eastern Conference, I honestly don't think I'd be shocked. I would be shocked if they won the Eastern Conference again at this point. I would be shocked, but I hear what you're saying. If they had a lot of success in the playoffs, I wouldn't be too super surprised because like we've been saying this entire year, <laughs> there is no rhyme or reason to this heat heat group. Like following an 0-7 stretch with an 8-2 and stretch is crazy. Oh, and what I forgot to mention, and this is kind of the crux of my like, this team is really confusing because I talked about like Jimmy's games missed, Bam's games missed. Like I didn't talk about here, but Heroes missed a lot of games. They all played during that seven game losing streak. Yeah. See, that's why this team is weird. Like, <laughs> that's why they're weird. It's like, well, they missed all these games. It's like, but they were all playing together when they lost. So yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know how to feel about that. Um, yeah. So what is your confusing team? My confusing team actually flows perfectly into this is the New York Knicks. Um, obviously, the New York Knicks have had super high highs. I think the Knicks hired like the best season PR agent there could possibly be. Um, they've gotten so much just like great publicity over the last, uh, I don't know, three months of we're a championship contender now, blah, blah, blah. And I've said that before. I, I think they could be in that place. But right now, they are just so injured for anyone that's not paying attention to the Knicks right now. OG Ananobi, we're looking at he might be back in like mid-March. That's right now the going theory. Um, Mitchell Robinson was seen recently walking around without a boot on. That's kind of what Nick's Twitter is holding on to there. Um, Jalen Brunson has been out the last couple of games. Isaiah Hartenstein has had Achilles tendinopathy and now he's like, just about he might play um in today's game and then um who who else did i not bring up um and then julius randall of course he had the dislocated shoulder um he's supposed to like maybe be back in the in the next two or three weeks so 
been really, really like their starting lineup for the last game was Miles McBride, Josh Hart, Precious Achua, Dante DiVincendo, Chenzo, and Jericho Sims. Yeah, that's why I'm a little like, not to change the topic, but I feel like this Knicks team is setting themselves up to be the springboard that like relaunches the Heat. But let's let's talk uh, the so Knicks. Here's the one. Here's the stat that I I grabbed because I I wanted to grab one kind of stat that summed up how I feel about these these three like starters, um, question starters, and it was the Knicks record against teams 500 and above is 12 and 22. The Knicks have been punching above their weight, especially throughout all of these injuries. I think they've done a lot better than could be expected, but they're not doing better than expected against the best teams in the league. Um, with that being said, they've got a net rate, the seventh best offensive rating, the 11th best defensive rating, and the seventh best net rating in the league, which are all numbers that would insinuate they're a team that would be contending. Um, but then there's other numbers that make me scared. Like they have the 17th best half court offense in the league, which is like, we haven't really seen their guys together, but that's for a team that plays as slow and they're fourth in percentage of plays in the half court. I would like that to be a little bit better. Um, yeah, the last two weeks, obviously, they're like 24th in point differential, which is not great, but they haven't had their guys. Um, yeah, and it's just, I don't know, they're barely holding on. To the uh, fourth spot right now over the Heat. They're only a game and a half above them. I feel like it would be death to give up home court advantage to a Miami Heat team. Um, I don't know. What do you have what what do you want to say about the Knicks? I guess I'm not confused by the Knicks as much as it for me, the there's no confusion. It's just if this team is healthy, I think they might be the second best team in the East. Mm -hmm. And if they're this version of the Knicks, I don't think they're making it out of the first round yeah well that's why i'm confused because i i just don't know what to what to think about them and is there enough time at this point to get everyone you know Back swimming in the right direction like mitchell robinson's never played with this group at all they've barely played their starters at least who they were basically missing all five of them haven't really played with og um but there is the one like light in the darkness for Knicks fans is the death lineup that we saw with OG when he first got there. The Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart, OG Ananobi, Julius Randle, and Isaiah Hardenstein. 100 percentile. Um, 87 possessions. They have 133 offensive rating and a 76 defensive rating. Like, if they can do... 75% the damage that we have seen with this lineup in the playoffs. Like you said, they're the second best team in the East. Um, but who knows? Who knows? I just, I have no idea. I think this just might not be the Knicks year. Mm -hmm. And if they can keep this group together, like next year is going to be really fun. I just think the way it's all setting up right now is just a like 
undermanned Knicks team. We're getting these crazy Brunson scoring numbers, but it's not enough. Yeah, six game series. Yeah, like yeah, I don't know. I'm I feel bad for the Knicks. They're, they've been such a fun story and a fun team all year, but I just think the injuries have just taken their toll. Yeah, and then the other thing is like I don't know who would you rather play if you're the Knicks, the Sixers or the Heat. Or the Pacers. They're all tied right now. I guess you'd, you'd probably rather play the Pacers. I think of those teams, the Heat are the one you want to play the least just because it seems like the Heat are rounding into form. Whereas the Sixers, we've just seen when Joel isn't 100% healthy, he can be kind of a clunky player. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, man. If I'm the Sixers, like, I'm reading that Joel might be good to come back in March. Like, I, I'm just scared if I'm the Sixers. Like, you really don't want to set up and beat for, like, a long-lasting injury. Like... It's the weird thing of like, do we want to rush him back to save him? Or is he just so injury prone? Just like rush him back, <laughs> like just do it, have him play. Who knows what's going to happen going forward? Yeah, like, I mean, I guess the Sixers are the, the like, are honestly, maybe the most confusing team because I know I said the Knicks would be the second best team in the East. That's assuming Joel Embiid isn't 100% healthy. If the Sixers have 100% healthy Embiid, I would probably pick them over anyone but the Celtics, to be honest. Like, just Embiid was just that much of a killer this season yeah i mean with what we saw like i think your thought process is like very reasonable they were absolutely incredible but then again like we, we just, just don't know if we're gonna the see Knicks. that yeah. like the knicks could be just way better you know hypothetically all healthy they have the perfect tools to throw at like a sixers matchup but um yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. my that's my confounding team. I want the Knicks to be good. I would love the Knicks to be good, but I just we don't have enough information and we're almost out of time. Yeah. All right. Let's get to what we don't believe in. Okay. And what I don't believe in is I don't want to say it. I don't believe in the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, after the Max Struess Maverick extravaganza. Yes. You're you're coming at them because they took out your my Mavs. They're hurting Mavs. my Mavs narrative. Yeah, um, no, but this is why I don't believe in the Cavaliers. So their offensive rating, so how many points they're scoring per 100 possession, is 116.5. That's minus 0.2 from last season. And last season they were seventh in offense. This year they're like 16th. So, but the actual number itself is unchanged from last season. This is the same team offensively, sort of. I'll get to the nitty gritty in a second. Defensively, they have 111.4 defensive rating. That's worse than last season by 0.4, but basically the exact same. So let's just say they're the exact same offense and defense as last season. Um, The only thing that's really changed is their shot profile is better now. They're taking 6% less mid-range in exchange, 1% more shots at the rim, 5% more threes. So better shot selection. But other than that, this is the exact same team with Max Struess. Um, Struess is just helping their shot selection, which is, I think, good for this team. I think Donovan Mitchell has been unbelievable and oddly never talked about in the MVP circles. Like We're talking about you now, Donovan. Like, And I get it. Like It's like, I think Donovan Mitchell should be in the conversation. All right, well, the conversation is he's not the MVP. Okay, yeah, he's not the MVP. But, like... I don't know, man. I, I feel kind of bad. Like, I really like all the pieces on this Cavs team. I like them. But this team just feels like it's headed for another upset loss to a team that, I don't know. So who would they be playing right now if the playoffs? They'd be playing in one of the playoff playing teams. And, I mean. That could so, be a Pacers. Yeah, it'll 
probably be one. I don't know. It could very easily be the Sixers. Could I be will, a Sixers. I will say. Yeah, I mean, if that's the thing, like if you get a ninety percent Joel Embiid, like I'll be honest, like Jared Allen's awesome, Mobley's awesome. Like Embiid's never had a problem with Allen in his whole career. He's kind of owned him his whole career. Yeah, I mean, if you can get away, if, if the Sixers can hold the six. I'm probably feeling pretty good about the Cavs, like, at least advancing one round, which win right there, Cleveland fans. Yeah. Um, but I think it all comes down to match for, for the Cavs is, one, matchup, but two, J.B. Bickerstaff, are you going to make the tough decisions? Because I was watching that that Mavs game, and there there came a time where he just has to choose Jared Allen over Evan Mobley. And like, you know what? It's not the worst problem to have to have really, really great center play for 48 minutes. Like most teams in the league cannot hold a candle to a Jared Allen, Evan Mobley center rotation. But you know what? I just don't think they, they can succeed next to each other in a playoff situation. They can barely succeed next to each other in a regular season situation. And, uh, you know, that's a really tough, Tough thing to ask your coach to do, to, you know, choose between your former all-star and your, what is supposed to be the cornerstone young player that you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I just don't believe in the Cavs. Yeah, I mean, it it, uh, it feels like a team with two quarterbacks and it's in the oddly NFL. disappointing that they just didn't, I mean, they signed Struess, which I loved, so I don't want to criticize them, but it kind of feels like they needed to... Are they going to do it this summer? Like, what what are we going to do here? Because I personally, I'm higher on the Garland-Mitchell backcourt. I just don't love the frontcourt pairing. And, like, they're both too good for one of them to be relegated to the bench for a, a whole regular season. So, like. Yeah, I mean, for me, for me, you try to cash in on, uh, on Evan Mobley. I think he, he has so much more value uh, on the open market than Jared Allen. Sure, like he could end up being just an absolute world beater, but you're going to get something really, really good. You could make the fit work between mm -hmm. your stars, and you have to realize your number one guy is Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, like that's it. Like, yeah. And, and when you get a guy like Donovan Mitchell, you got to build around him. Yeah, I, that's, that's kind of what we talked about with the Cavs. Like, I feel like months ago was like, I feel like the whole narrative of this team is like, is Mitchell making the other guys better? And it's like, why are we not focusing on are the other guys making Mitchell better? Because Mitchell's yeah. the star of the show. Yeah, they make it so much more difficult. I think Mitchell can be the 1A guy on a title team if there's a really good team around him. Yeah, I mean... I don't I don't know if a two-guard can be the best player on a title team in he general. Can, I think he can at least be the best scorer on a title team. Yeah, I'll give you yeah. that. I'll give you that. Yeah. And, and that's coming from a Suns fan. <laughs> I, I wish that was like a easy thing to say of like you could have a one of the best two guards of the last, you know, 30 years and you're in the title conversation. But like Suns fans... Wolves fans, Cavs fans. I don't know, guys. We're figuring out this together. I hope one of us can pull it off just to prove to me that it can happen. But we really, I don't know. We we saw that early 2000s with Wade, kind of. We saw that with Kobe. Um, you I, need to have the good big. Yeah, and you have to have pressure. an elite, elite big. Yeah, and, and like, I, I think that's what's nice about this Cavs team is 
either one of the bigs they could stick with and go with full time going forward. So like I think Cleveland has the bones to be a really good team going forward, but I just don't like this double big iteration. I just it's the same team as last year. I mean, if they went around cool, but I mean, yeah, and it all goes down to matchups. Like if you get the right matchups, if you run into an injury, then you open your eyes and the Cavs are in the Eastern Conference Finals, but I don't know. That's there's a lot of ifs. Yeah. All right. Who do you not believe in? All right. There is a team with a net rating of 4.4. I just want to quickly go down the last couple of years of, of teams that have a net rating of, of 4.4 or just around that, that place. So this year, my mystery team has a net rating of 4.4. And so do the LA Clippers. The Denver Nuggets have a 4.3 net rating. The New York Knicks have a 4.1. Last season, um, the 76ers, really, really great team last season. They had a 4.4 net rating. Memphis Grizzlies had a 4.0. Two years ago, you had the Miami Heat during the season that they were really foot to the gas pedal uh, in the regular season. Uh, 2021, you had the Nets. That was the first uh, KD year. And the Nuggets were a 4.8. The team I am talking about is the New Orleans Pelicans. And a 4.4 net rating insinuates that this team is a contender. Or, or should be a contender. They have the sixth best defensive rating in the league, and they have the 13th best offensive rating. That would indicate that this is like somewhat of a defensive juggernaut that has a middling offense. Already, just off rip, we know that in this era of the NBA, it's not, it's not so much that defense wins championships anymore. You need to have that accompanied by a super, super elite offense. And because you're pretty much going to be facing, especially in the Western Conference, you're going to be facing some of the elite of elite offenses of all time in terms of efficiency, in terms of um, shot creation. And so I was wondering, what does this team look like? This supposed like defensively-minded wannabe juggernaut what happens to them when they play teams with the top 10 offensive ratings in the league well their net rating drops to a negative 9.3 they have the 21st best offensive rating in the league and the 18th best defensive rating in the league i think their personnel is built out to dominate in the regular season and be just a problem like just roll out of bed, you know, you're traveling and you got to play against Jonas Valanciunas and Zion Williamson and Trey Murphy and Herb Jones, a, a lot of size. But at the end of the day, the Pelicans, I just cannot see winning around in the playoffs. I, and I just, I don't, I don't believe in the net rating. I, I think it's fool's gold. And I, I know you feel the exact same way. Um, but I had to, I had to speak on it. I'm sorry, New Orleans. I think the Pelicans have a couple like real issues with their team. And one I think is the playmaking. They mm. don't really have that like dynamic guard playmaker who's really table setting. Brandon Ingram, in my opinion, is okay playmaking out of pick and roll, but overall, like he's really a shot first guy. 
Um, this team really kind of like you see it when they play big teams like the Lakers. They're like, oh, wow, this team's kind of big. All right. I guess our advantage is gone. We kind of give up like but then they'll play a team like the Kings a little smaller and they'll just beat up on them with their size. And I think part of that is the Pelicans have good height across the board, but they don't have good weight. Yeah. So these guys can't really throw their weight around against the bigger teams, which is going to be a problem against a Minnesota or. Well, I, I would agree with you from the guard position um, and kind of the wing, but they're. Their four fives are some heavy. They're battering heavy rams. Dudes. Yeah. But but Zion's like he's not the same guy in my opinion that we saw earlier in his career. He's just not the same athlete. And yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't think this team has the playmaking. I just don't think this team has like game to game consistency. It seems like when the other team can kind of like beat down on them, it's like this team doesn't really have that. Like I'll put it this way: this team would not come back from 19 down like we saw the Lakers did last night. Yeah, and obviously they don't have a not. LeBron James, but like. They should have a better they overall should have team. A LeBron James. Like you have Herb Jones. Like you have guys to throw at Leonard. Like theoretically, you should match up with the Clippers. But I, I don't think I could ever see that. Yeah, to your point, they're in the third percentile for three point shot creation this year, which that's not. That's just not going to cut it. Uh, come playoff time, and there, so y- y- it'll be a lot easier to load up on just the paint, protect the paint. They're not a good floater team. They are in the bottom 10% for ISO foul drawn percentage, which like you've got Zion, you should that should be a stat that you really, really excel at. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that there's, there's too much to be said, but yeah, I don't love the, I just don't love the guard play overall. I think CJ has been a lot better than people are giving him credit for but um like what's scary for the pelicans you're six you are projecting the matchup versus denver everything you do well man they like, do better <laughs> aaron gordon probably the dream guy to guard zion yeah like michael porter jr like i feel like brandon ingham is not the kind of guy who kills you with insane lateral movement like talk about a matchup that like actually kind of helps michael porter out on defense a little bit in isolation where it's like Okay, you're not gonna really like cross me up laterally that much. Like, and I can just impose my height on your mid-range shot making. Like, don't love that for New Orleans either. Yeah, you can pretty much switch on for on Ingram and Zion with three, potentially four guys if uh KCP is feeling frisky that night. I don't love KCP guarding Zion, but like in a I, pinch, it's better than most two guards. And that this is the playoff NBA. It's you know. Pick pick on the pigeon, find the guy, and like if they're deciding to pick on KCP, I'm feeling a lot better than you know if you have Austin Reeves in this, that spot, if you have Grayson Allen in that spot, if you have fucking Kelly Oubre in that spot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just I don't really believe in the Pels either. I don't know. They just they kind of just need to. I just don't think this Bi Zion pairing has ever really made that much sense. Yeah, I believe in the level of talent and having that level of talent, but they just need the same spots. You know, this team feels to me a lot like the kind of pre-Harden Clippers where it's like you've got all the wings, you've got everything that we think makes sense in the 2020 basketball era, but you just don't play make. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how you, uh, I don't know what piece that is that fixes that. I, I just feel like we're barreling towards a 
Chris Paul is going to have his last year of his career back in New Orleans. He's going to solve all of the playmaking issues, but he doesn't stretch the floor at all. So that won't necessarily work. Yeah. I was going to say, though, like, man, if, if you could take, like, Suns Chris Paul, like, early Suns Chris Paul and throw him on this Pelicans team, now I'm, like, I'm kind of scared of this team. I mean, yeah, but if you, you don't can have take a first-team All-NBA point guard, yeah, if you can put, put a Hall of Fame team. point guard on this team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't, I really don't like that they're headed toward a Nuggets matchup. Um, I think them versus the Clippers could be kind of a fun, like maybe thing if the Pelicans can really like tighten up on the defensive end, but like. Or them versus the Thunder could be fun, as we talked about earlier this week. If like, because we both kind of said like, I think we both definitely would pick the thunder but if the pelicans found a way to hoe and hum at full cylinders like maybe that could be yeah, a fun series that they fun win series, definitely um, really don't like them versus the t-wolves if that's the matchup yeah you lose all of the you know all the stuff you got going for you if you're going yeah. against a team like the t-wolves and uh, but i will say like i think they're going to be able to continue to rattle off wins in the regular season um i yeah, I don't. I, I think there's a good chance that they could end up in the top six, just because they're so deep. It, as far as like playable regular season NBA players, that it's just like it's easier to kind of like fake yeah. wins, especially later in the season. I think th- between the Suns, Pels, and Mavs, like all three of these teams, just desperately don't want to be in the play-in. Oh, this yeah. might be the worst. Just like, cool, you're gonna draw. Probably the Lakers or the Warriors. I think the way things are trending, probably. I guess the Kings, just because they have such a lead on the Lakers right now in the loss department. But, like, man, <laughs> I don't want to yeah. play LeBron James in a one-game sample size. I don't want to play Steph Curry in a one-game sample, even if I feel like I'm better than the Warriors. Like, So that's that race to avoid seven is going to be just insane down the Yeah, stretch. they're just become so much pressure to win this one-game playoff against the Kings. And, like... Kings are a March Madness team if I've ever seen one, you know? Well, I don't know. Actually, the Pelicans do kind of own the Kings. So I guess that the Pels fall to seven, they don't feel that bad. And then they, you know? But still, any given day, you know, Darren Fox can just, uh, Malik Monk can score 35 points. And then you're like, I'd comfortably take the Pels against the Kings. Hypothetically, yes. I'm just saying it's a one game. Yeah, it is one game. game. If it's a seven game series, of course, ninety nine percent of the time, the best team wins. But yeah, you just—I don't want any part in the plan. I don't yeah. want any part in the plan at all. All right, something I believe in: the Timberwolves' defense holding up in the playoffs. So the Timberwolves are Matt. You got Max fist pumping. <laughs> Let's over go. There. <laughs> so my initial hypothesis was that I wanted to see what happened to number one defenses when they entered the playoffs. How much does it sustain? So right now, the Timberwolves are. 3.4 points better than second place in defensive rating. So this is kind of a big gap between them and second place. Like this is the second biggest gap in the last five years. Um, so last year, the 23 Cavs, number one defense, they dropped to the number two defense and the Cavs were barely the best defense in the league. So they lost in the first round. The no- number 20, ah, 2022, the Celtics were number one. They dropped to number two. Um, they lost in the finals. They were pretty good defensively throughout. The two, 20 Bucks were number one. They went to number three. They were plus 2.2 over second place. This is the Bucks team that lost to the Heat. This is the team. This is the Rudy Gobert Jazz in 2021. Were number one in the regular season. They were plus 4.6 better than second place. So this was 
by far the best regular season defense in 2021. Patrick, they dropped to 13th in the def- in the playoffs. Wow. They were worse than all but three teams defensively. What was that run for for the Jazz? Who did they, who they play? They Beat, I forgot who they beat in the first round, but then they lost to the Clippers in the second. Oh, they beat Memphis in the first round in a yes. series where Memphis is scoring around 111 points a game. And then in the second round, they're allowing like 120 points a game to a Clippers team that, if I recall correctly, Kawhi's injured. So it's basically Paul George running wild. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I do personally believe that Gobert's defense can be. Oh, wait, no. It couldn't. What year? 21. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's I the- do personally believe sometimes Gobert's defense is a little overstated. I think against some of the best car- guards, they really have their way against him. In some of like the Thunder games, Shea's craftiness really just lets him score over Gobert, even when they're like kind of down low. Like we've seen Gobert fall for pass fakes a lot. Like I think sometimes Gobert is a little overrated on defense in terms of when you're playing the best playmakers, the most crafty playmakers. When it's a schemable situation. When it's schemable, when you're playing teams that can drag him out of the paint, he loses a lot of value on defense. So I think as the Timberwolves, you're a little worried. Like The history of the Gobert defenses is they're super good in the regular season, and they kind of don't always hold up in the playoffs. Like That's just kind of what happens. But this team is different than those Jazz teams in that there are so much more length. There's another big on the floor. And two of the wings, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker is also kind of proving himself to be a pretty good. He's a problem. He's He's a pretty good defender, too. Like, this team is insulating Gobert with such good wing isolation scoring. I don't know if this team is going to just be this demonstratively better defensive team when the number two, when the playoffs come. But I do think they're going to hold up just like these other, um, the the 23 Cavs, the 22 Celtics, and the 20 Bucks. I think they're going to hold up just like that, where... If they finish the playoffs like one or two or three, wouldn't be surprised. If they drop to like 10th, like those Jazz teams, I'd be I'd be pretty surprised. Yeah, I mean, I think you put out a really, really great argument there. And like there's nothing not to believe in for, for this Timberwolves team. Um, I, I it, their their playoff games are just gonna be such rock fights. Just like all all over the place, especially against these teams that they'll probably end up having they'll probably end up going against either the Lakers and the Warrior or the Warriors in the first round. And it's just gonna be absolute war of attrition's because I we we know how the Lakers offense can be at times. We know how the Warriors offense can be at times, but oh my god, it'll just be so much fun. Max, after last night's uh, Lakers game, how are we feeling in the 1-8? I mean, it's just the LeBron factor, man. <laughs> it's just like like you guys were saying before, it's like there's no rhyme. Or, or no, you're saying there's no rhyme or reason for the heat. But I also, also the Lakers. The Lakers are also just that weird, like, LeBron just, he drinks the secret sauce, the, the you know, the Space Jam juice, and just goes crazy. The thing um, I'd be scared about for a Lakers matchup is there's like so many guys that Ant could pick on on the Lakers roster. I'd be scared that Ant's just going to go into this like tunnel vision yeah. mode where he's just like so concerned with picking on Austin Reeves that it's like it's actually not that effective anymore. Yeah. And honestly, I could just see like a game six or seven playing out exactly like last night's game against the Clippers where the Clippers are a better team and they play better than the Lakers 
for three and a half quarters, and then LeBron just turns on the wind sauce <laughs> and just snaps. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Of the the Warriors and the Lakers, who would you rather play in terms of just like I think we're gonna win that series for sure? I think probably I'd rather take the Warriors. Mm-hmm. I think so too. If yeah. I was a T Wolves fan, yeah. yeah, I I would. Yeah, I guess it's a style, but yeah, yeah, it's know. pretty close. Yeah, the Warriors. My worry is just with the Lakers for the the Wolves, and I don't think the Wolves would struggle to contain the Lakers' offense. I think my worry is that every game is going to be like a ninety-five to ninety-eight rock fight, and when you're playing these like low-scoring games, I feel like the variance of like whichever team could win could happen. So it's kind of like rolling the dice seven times. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess also the one kind of role that they don't have like the perfect person to defend against is like a super off ball shoot, like running around Steph Curry kind of guy. Like, I guess you have Nikhil Alexander Walker, but like you're going to be wanting to play a Mike Conley a lot more in a series like that. But um, I totally get what you're saying. And I think that's valid as well. Conley is like weirdly a huge factor in this too. Like if he doesn't play well, we just really lose a lot. We didn't talk about the extension for Conley. Yeah. I do like that extension. Like I do think he is a great presence on the team. Um, but father time, but father time, Comes he doesn't mess fast. around. Yeah. It's, it's very, uh, Chris Paul's extension with the sun's coded of like, yeah, you've done so much for us. We're the number one seed. Um, I do feel like the Suns were leaning on Chris Paul in a way that the wolves don't. Lean absolutely. On, uh, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing that scares me. Well, Pelicans, Pelicans, Pelicans. Timberwolves. Oh, we were talking about the Timberwolves defense. <laughs> yes. Uh, we've, we've, we've circled the wagons. All right. What, what do you believe in? Okay. What I believe in? I believe in 793. Do you know what 793 is? 793. That is a number. That is a number? <laughs> True. Specifically, 0. .793, and that is the Boston Celtics winning percentage. Boo. <laughs> I know, I know. No one wants to celebrate the Boston Celtics, but guys, we are just like, we're seeing one of the best regular seasons of all time from this team right now. This is a top 25 winning percentage of all time and could very, very, very easily jump into the top 20. I think they're tied for, they're technically tied for 20 right now, but with like, Four other teams. Um, okay, let's let's play a little game. James, do you know the last team that had at least a 793 winning percentage? The 16 Warriors? The 17-18 Houston Rockets, okay. which were just like and one of the better teams to ever not win a championship. Yep. Then we've got the 16-17 Warriors, the 15-16 Spurs, the 15-16 Warriors, the 14-15 Warriors, the 12-13 Heat, the 08-09 Lakers. Like, these are just, like, some of the best teams that we have ever had the pleasure of seeing and, and living while they were they were playing. Teams that had just a little fun game that I, I liked to look into. Teams that have it, had exactly a 793 winning percentage. There have been, other than the Celtics right now, there have been four of them. We've got the 17-18 Rockets, like we just talked about. The 08-09 Lakers, they won the championship. 
the 82-83 76ers, one of the best teams of all time. They won a championship. And then the 86-87 Lakers, one of the best teams of all time. They won a championship. Like, the rarefied air that this team is, is sitting in right now, I just feel like it's not being talked enough. Their record against teams below 500 is 22-1. and one. They win every single game that they are supposed to win. They're 24 and 11 against teams 500 and above. Um, pretty much all of their main five-man lineups absolutely destroy. It's like their, their best one, in, in descending order, their best one is in the 79th percentile. They have one that's not amazing where they sub in Al Horford for Chris Tapp's Porzingis, but then... That's in the 38th percentile on 500 possessions, but then 93rd, 63rd, 78, 91, 95, 81. Like, Peyton Pritchard doesn't turn the ball over. Sam Hauser would be the sixth best player on, like, any other team in the NBA. He, like, doesn't miss a shot. He plays really good defense. Um, I just, yeah, I could not believe in this team more. I think that they should be the far and away favorite to win the championship right now. And of course, health is factored into this a lot. Kristaps Porzingis has not been the pinnacle, the paradigm of health throughout his career. But um, you can say that about any team in the NBA. If they lose their second best player, they're going to be a lot worse. Um, I don't know. That's all I've got. Maybe it's an obvious thing but i just i felt like it needed to be said so i noticed you admitted a few teams such as the 16 spurs who won were who won i think 68 or 69 games so this this winning percentage is on pace for a 65 win season that spurs team did not win the title the 0809 Cavs uh yeah, yeah. did not I was win just the title listing teams that had exactly a 793 yeah. but um but yeah it's seems- only been done 20 24 times yeah ever. but it is important to note those teams don't always win, and we've seen in the last 15 years those teams don't always win. But they win a lot, a, lot, a very high percentage they do. of the time. I think the question with the Celtics all season is this team's crunch time offense is a mess. There's just no structure to it, and I think the reason why I don't view them as a runaway favorite despite their dominance is I just don't like what they look like when a game is close with three minutes left. I don't like the shot selection. I think this team's too talented to keep rolling the dice with three-point shots this much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you saw it in that Denver game that we actually watched together where it's just like every Celtics position is like, what are they going to do now? And the players on the court are like, oh, what, what, are, what are we going to do now? And Denver's like, Murray, Jokic, pick and roll. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to score every time. <laughs> and I think that's the problem for the Celtics. Why is Giannis talking about the Murray Jokic <laughs> figure? Is that your Mike Malone? <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. I just, I don't really love that. I also, the, the thing that scares me too, Drew Holiday has been a mess offensively in the playoffs every year since he's joined the Milwaukee Bucks. Whoa, so like, whoa, whoa. Drew Holiday was absolutely incredible in the finals. In the finals. But he's been kind of a mess of an offensive player in the playoffs for a while now. Yeah, but you can't – this is complete apples to oranges in terms of role and what, what is being expected of him. But, like, what if we enter a scenario where teams are like, we're not afraid of you, Drew? 
I, and all of a sudden, the offense looks a little bit worse because the, the 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 there's less flow to it. Yeah, but what caliber of player is usually given that like treatment, that challenge, that treatment? A much lower caliber of player than a Drew Holiday. I don't know, man. Life comes at you fast. Like the Rockets when they had Westbrook. Westbrook was really awesome in the regular season, and then all of a sudden, round two of the playoffs comes, and the Lakers are like, not going to guard you. Yeah, but also that was like the weirdest scenario ever. They're playing Russell Westbrook at center next to Robert Covington and PJ Tucker. I am with you that this team, I would pick them to win the East right now. I just, I'm a little worried what this team looks like against when it gets close every game. Yeah, I mean, the part of why I'm so high on this is it doesn't get close most games mm-hmm. for, for for this team. And um, I think they're good enough. Of course, like, hey, look at the first round last year. That Hawks series was way longer than it should have been. But I think that they will atone for that first round showing last year. I think they very, very could have easily made the finals last year. It was super weird playoffs. Um, and I'm a believer in Jason Tatum. I, I think he found something in the last postseason, especially that game seven against the 76ers. Like he was that guy, even the game six against the Sixers, when he couldn't hit the broad side of a freaking barn. And then in the fourth quarter, he found himself like that's a special thing. And that, that changes a player. And I, I just, I, I'm a big believer in Jason Tatum. I'm a big believer in the overall, like, mass of talent that they have. And I don't know. I just, I, I am a, I'm optimistic about Joe Missoula having learned a thing See, I am not optimistic about Joe. But see, I think part of another reason why I am just, I think, like, again, I'm picking them to win the East, but I just don't view them as runaway favorites is another reason is, like, Two years ago, when they lost in the finals, every advanced stat model was like, this is the best team of all time. Yeah. Do you remember that? Like, every advanced stat model was like, the 21 Celtics are literally the greatest team ever assembled. Like, they're just unstoppable. And then the Celtics team, again, I don't really like talking about the mental side of the sport, but, like, Draymond starts talking shit and you just fall apart. Like, they should have beaten that Warrior. They were better than the Warriors were. Yes, but they had a 20 four-year-old, 25-year-old best player, and they're going up against a prime, prime superstar that had been there before. Like Any NBA history example would tell you that that is exactly what is going to happen. So if, if you want to get into the like aura of it all, like we can also look at the, the non-kind of tangible, just like historical comps as well. And, and that would tell you that Contrary to what the advanced analytics would suggest, like the right team won that. And I I think the Celtics probably were more talented, but they weren't they weren't there yet. They weren't they weren't ready. Um, and I think they're ready now. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think they're gonna win the East, but personally, like, wouldn't be surprised if we get the they ha- they don't have an answer for Giannis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is always the Giannis of it all. There is always There's the Giannis, the Joel Embiid, the Joel and Jimmy. Yeah. Um, but those were our takes. Mm-hmm. And now it is time for us to crown the worst take of the month. Max, yeah. 
Can you give us our candidates for worst take of the month? Yeah, so we got four stinky, stinky takes here, folks. We got Draymond Green saying Miles Bridges can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, so bad that it might just not even be able to be I like, don't even want to bring it up because yeah. I don't want to give Miles Bridges any more publicity. Yeah. I kind of am with uh, you on that but one. But what are, what are our other... Number two, uh, Kenny Smith talking about Sabrina shooting uh, during the three-point contest at All-Star. Just kind of off, just weirdly out of touch commentary. Um, I don't have his specific quote, but or he was saying like, oh, she should have shooting. Kenny Smith we films. all remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, then Steven Jackson saying that Bronny is better than Austin Rivers. Um, weird take. Maybe not nuclear, but weird. And then uh, KD is not a superstar, which I believe was... Perk? Gilbert, uh, Gilbert or no, was it Gilarinas? It was Gilarinas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So, I mean, I think, wow. You know, that Gilbert one is actually so bad. And <laughs> I have yeah. a chance against the Draymond one. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he, uh, there was like more to it, too. Like, well, it didn't wasn't he just say that like Luca like, wasn't a superstar as well. No, no, no. It was that he was like guys. He was like Stephen Marbury is a superstar in my eyes. Like Rafer Alston's a superstar in my eyes. Kevin Durant is not. I think he said he he himself wasn't a superstar. And I was like, dude, arguably you're more of a superstar than some of the guys you mentioned. Right. Um. Oh yeah. Did he just say? I'm trying to. Find I feel like in quote. the spirit of hot streak shooting slump, we we pay our respects to, you know. The Kenny legends. Smith and Draymond, just this rampant sexism that can sometimes be a problem in the NBA, just straight up being honest. But in the keeping hot streak shooting slump fun and vibrant, keeping it mostly on the court takes, I feel like the worst take should go to Gilbert Arenas for saying Kevin Durant's not a superstar. I'm with it. I'm with it. And, and hey, you, you, come, you come for the bull, you get the horns. Don't talk shit about my guy. Son's legend. <laughs> Kevin Durant. Yeah, I I am I am on board with that. Yeah. Gilbert Arenas. You take have the crown. The you worst have the take worst of the month. take of the month. All right, should we get to hot streak shooting slump? Let's do it. All right, every Thursday we decide if we had a hot streak or a shooting slump from the past week. How how did you do? Um, how did I do? You know, I had quite the the shock Yesterday morning, I've d- done this stupid thing consistently. My car insurance, I have it. And like, I can't remember why I like have not changed it. I think it's just like, there's like an extra step that I just am never prepared to do. But my car insurance charges me yearly. Oh. And like, Oof. you all know how much you spend on car insurance. It is quite the shock to see that you know four digits out of your bank account just like at the drop of the hat you never remember when the one time of the year you're gonna get charged like fifteen hundred dollars for car insurances and it was that was yesterday for me and it was it was very very shocking and happened right at the end of the month shout out leap day for like holding me over until payday but yeah that was uh not great and then I don't know. I've just been a little sleepy this week. I'm I'm gonna go shooting slump just because I I don't have anything for you. I mean, the that Mavs game really really was rough on me. Um, I I knew I knew walking into it. Whenever I watch the Suns with someone, the Suns lose. They have to. Whenever I watch the Suns live, the Suns lose. Pretty. 
if if I just turn on the game at any given point, they're going to go on like a 0 for 10 run, just guaranteed, because yeah. they know my eyes are on there. So I will go shooting slump. What about you, James? Max, how about we get to you first? Um, can you go first? Because my camera's not set up. <laughs> yeah, no. All right. So I am a shooting slump. Okay. Oh, whoa. He's like Batman. Dude. I, so I don't know. For the last like two, three years, like I read this book that was basically like how to be fully charged every day, like two or three years ago. And it was like basically like these are the types of food you should cut out of your diet. These are some habits you should develop. And you'll have like good energy throughout the day every day. You'll get great sleep. So I followed this book. And for like the last two, three years, I never get bad sleep ever. I never, ever, ever get bad sleep. I go to bed when I'm tired. I wake up from the sun hitting my window. I don't sleep with the blinds. Like I have a very natural sleep cycle. I don't ever get bad sleep. I haven't had good sleep in like a week now. Damn. I keep waking up at like four in the morning, three in the morning. I like wake up. I'm exhausted. I'm super tired. Like... I started switching to Trenties at Starbucks because the venti wasn't cutting it. Wow. Like the one day this week, I didn't get a Trenty. I'm like even more tired. So I'm just like constantly bad sleep. My caffeine dependent brother. Yeah, right no, there. I woke up at four in the morning today and I'm like, why? Because it's like because I'm getting bad sleep, I'm tired. And so I actually started going to bed before I'm, I guess, tired, tired. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like normally I literally won't go to bed until I'm like almost too tired to stand up. That's when I'm like, all right, go to bed. So that's why I go to bed quickly too. But so I've been having a bad sleep. Saturday night, I'm I'm hanging out with a friend in the city, and uh, you know we would do some things. We get dinner, we grab a drink, and she's like, "Oh, let's go bar hopping." I'm like, "I drove, so can't do that unless I get a hotel." She's like, "All right," and then so I get a hotel so I can park my car and you know be safe, be responsible. That just sucks, man. Like living in the burbs, having to get a hotel in the city, that's not fun. It's Could like, not be me. Could not be I me. Just, why didn't I just Uber there? Why did I why did I why do I always It's a long driving? Uber from out here. <laughs> it's a long Uber from out there. So getting a hotel, paying for a hotel on a whim, not fun. Not fun at all. But But responsible. Don't drink and drive people. Yeah, responsible. Um shout out to the guy who recognized me in the lobby at like three in the morning. Hell yeah. Um this is, oh, yeah, so I'm going out of town this upcoming weekend. My last dog sitter is, like, out of commission. My other dog sitter is out of town. Like, it's always a gamble if my mom will say yes to taking care of my dog. Like, there's literally a coin flip if she says yes. So that's, like, man, just getting, getting dog sitters is, like, the most stressful. I hate I hate it. It's just stressful. Having, having pets is, is Having is pets stressful. is stressful. But this is the, this is all leading up to the slumpiest shooting slump slump of all time oh, no. for me um that's not good as you guys know my sink is being held up by some uh pieces of wood yes and i don't vibes, have cabinetry and vibes and vibes um so i'm thinking this is gonna cost like maybe a couple thousand to just fix up with the cabinets in so the home depot guy comes and he's like he just looks at it and he's like all right and i'm like what do you think how much is it gonna cost he's like ten thousand i'm like Ooh. Ten thousand. That's like ten years of car insurance, dude. Yeah, I'm like ten thousand to put in two and a half cabinets. Like, what the fuck? So he's like, "Well, let me let me do the quote. Maybe it'll be less." So he's like, kind of like measuring everything, and I'm just like, "Hey, so you know, when will this get started?" He's like, 14 week waiting list." I'm like, 14 <laughs> weeks? I want to sell this house in ten." I don't want to be in this house anymore. This house is probably nothing but misery, especially this fucking kitchen. Monster house. Yeah, like fuck this house. So, 
So then he gets done with the measurements. He's like, all right, I want to show you something. He shows me this beautiful design, this whole like thing. I'm like, great. How much is it going to cost? $20,000. And I'm like, that's actually 10 years of car. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, how is it going to cost $20,000 to install new cabinets? And he's like, well, so I've looked at it and the people who installed your kitchen island first actually did such a terrible job and did it completely wrong that realistically, we have to take up this whole countertop and realistically, the countertop is not going to break easily because I showed Patrick showed me a seam in my countertop I didn't know existed. He told me it didn't matter. He was like, chances are that shit's going to break. And I was like, I was I was optimistic. there. So I'm like. Fuck. So I, so he's like, he's like, so to you, it seems like you have to just get three new cabinets installed. The reality is what you need to do. Well, not what you need to do, but the reality is the work that has to get done is a, is what is considered a full kitchen remodel. And I'm like, my kitchen looks fucking good. I just need a cabinet under the sink. It's That's like when your bumper falls off and they're like, your car's totaled. Sorry. <laughs> but, but, but it ma- the thing is like nothing he said didn't make sense. Cause I'm like, okay, yeah, it makes sense that like the cabinet has to go under then the sink. Then the thing, because I've learned through almost breaking my sink, you can't just force cabinets under the countertop. So I don't know what to do. I'm not really in a position to just throw 20000 at this after I've, after I've already thrown 12000 at it. But this is where the shooting slump really heats up. Oh, my gosh. We're not done? We're <laughs> no, still we're rolling down we're the still, hill? <laughs> we're still rolling. So I'm, I'm looking back because originally what happened was I, got, I did the $6,000 demo, and then I got quoted at $15,000 to fix the to fix the demo from this company. And so that's $21,000 total, right? So, and my insurance quote only gave me about $12,500 to pay for everything. So I'd be like 8 and a half, 9,000 in the hole. So, I show this quote, this $15,000 quote to literally everybody and literally everybody. Literally everybody tells me that it's fucking insane. It's way too much money. It'd be an idiotic overpay. And so I'm like, okay. I tell them like no dice. Get the floors put in. That's sick. So the insurance check covered the new floors and the demo. And I'm like, great. I'm going to do like my $3,000 cabinetry and it'll all be good. Nope. If I stuck with the, if I just bit the bullet and went with that quote, I probably saved $10,000. And I don't want to blame anyone for my decision because I had the same reaction when I saw the $15,000 quote. I was like, that's outrageous. But like, Man, I got some bad advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got yeah. some really Sometimes bad advice. Sometimes if, if you do it in like the way that seems painful at first, it's going to save you from a lot of pain. Yeah, so I'm going to end up paying like 9000 more. And I'm just like, dude, I don't even want to live here. <laughs> hey, good problem to have. Yeah. No. Good problem to have. <laughs> Bro, the guy's like, he was like, well, so this $20,000 investment is, you know, expected to raise your home value by 60000 And I was like, dude, but when I bought the home, the kitchen was brand new. So in reality, the nicer marble is going to raise the home value by like 10000 Like, and it's going to be a net loss of twenty. Like, I I lose no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Um, well, <laughs> you know. God, God only gives his toughest problems to his <laughs> toughest soldiers, right? So true, King. That's, that's the, that's so the phrase. <sighs> Max, oh 
please bring us out of this hole. Uh, yeah, we Matt, uh, Patrick has a heart out and needs to go right now. So I will just say very quickly, I am in a shooting streak. I had a great week. I've been going to the gym. I've been picking up other freelance work. I've been working on creative projects. I've been killing it. So sorry again. I'm just winning. Hey, You're there we go. Winning. I love we, when Max is winning. We need, we need you to be winning so that we can aspire to be somewhere. Uh, yeah. I want I want you to be winning all the way through the finals and beat the Celtics. Let's go, dude. Hey, I would sign up for that. Uh, I know I just said that you have a hard out and need to go, but I want to make one more joke. I feel like Jason Tatum is going to reveal in the finals. He's going to come out with a buzzed head, and he's going to reveal that he secretly has a Kobe tattoo like on the top of his skull. It's like a uh, fucking <laughs> Professor Quill moment. Yeah. He like takes off this <laughs> bandana. The Celtics are going to go up 3-0 versus the, the Heat, and Jason Tatum's going to post a screenshot of him texting Kobe's old number, and they're going to lose four straight. <laughs> no, more than that, he's going to like make like a deep fake AI video of him talking to the ghost of Kobe and like drop it on his Instagram. They're going to have like a hologram Kobe <laughs> courtside, and he's just going to be like going over plays yeah. with him. Um, All right. Oh, yeah. We got to wrap this up. <laughs> this, this was a fun episode. I enjoyed this one. I hope yeah. you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully I get onto a hot streak next week. I don't know. I'm going to go quote shopping, but I'm really <laughs> pessimistic right now. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't carry it over to next. <sighs> All right. Bye guys. <laughs>